Welcome to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski Podcast. Up in your football knowledge, class is now in session. It's exciting time of year. There's no better time for me than probably Christmas time. When Christmas starts rolling around, that's when I get really excited. But how could you not be super excited that the preseason has begun? Quarterback, I got so much quarterback info for you. It's unbelievable. You might go crazy or I might just put you to sleep. One way or another, though, I'm going to give you the information. I had a good time going over all this, uh, pre, all the preseason games, watching these young quarterbacks play, even some veterans, the quarterback battles that are going on. A lot of good stuff, and I think we're just all excited. Football's back, baby. Football is back. Uh, a lot of exciting things around the league, a lot of exciting things as the season gets nearer and nearer. I know the preseason, we get all hyped up for the first game. We don't see a lot of starters, if any starting quarterbacks at all. I know Big Ben didn't play at all. So some of the big-time uh, franchise quarterbacks don't play in the first week. They'll play a little bit in the second week. The third week's the big week. And then the fourth week, you won't see any of them except probably Tom Brady because Belichick's such a dick and he makes his franchise quarterback playing the dude's 40 years old and he's played 20 years in the league he's got five Super Bowls and yeah, five or six who knows and he's got a supermodel hot hot wife I mean anyways that's a whole nother podcast but <clears throat> a lot of good stuff out there and I just want to get into it you know I had a chance to break these quarterbacks down the rookie quarterbacks that we talked about coming out in the draft I want to start with Baker Mayfield uh, in Cleveland I think the Browns Anytime you could get a win, a win is a win is a win, and especially for Cleveland because last year they did not get that feeling. So um, it's exciting that at least they start out the preseason one and zero. And you know what though, I think they've they've made some good changes this off season, uh, bringing Dorsey in as their general manager. The acquisition of Todd Haley from Pittsburgh, the acquisition of Tyrod Taylor, the big draft pick with Baker Mayfield. They're putting guys in place, uh, so so they need to win some games this year, at least more than one. Uh, but I think Mayfield, Mayfield looks strong. You know, and I want to start with Tyrod Taylor first. Tyrod Taylor's consistent, man. He's consistent, throws a good accurate football. He makes smart decisions. He's athletic. He can make plays outside the pocket. So I think Cleveland's going to be just fine starting with Tyrod Taylor during the season. Um, and who knows? Who knows how long his leash is? I know the Cleveland Browns fans are going to want to see a lot more of Baker Mayfield, especially if he keeps uh, progressing through this preseason. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, 5 of 5, 99 yards and a touchdown. Pretty impressive night. Just consistent, man. Just consistent. And Browns fans aren't used to seeing that from their quarterbacks, especially when I was there. I think I had the worst quarterback rating ever in the NFL against the Steelers. But come on, man. The Steelers won the Super Bowl that year, so give me a break. Anyway, and plus they only gave me one start. Give me a little bit more time. <clears throat> but Mayfield, you know, Mayfield came and I, I had a chance to break down all his reps. I think the, the guy's very impressive because he shows a lot of poise and moxie. And we all knew that coming in. The guy has a personality. He has, he has the attitude. He's a winner, and he's a proven winner in college. And now he's going to try to bring that to Cleveland. And I think we, sh we saw 
bits and pieces of that the other night. I mean, he finished the night 11 of 12 for 212 yards and two touchdowns. So 55%. I think there was a couple questionable decisions he made, but mostly very smart. I think he's just got a really natural feel for the game. The thing I was so impressed of is his feel in the pocket. And I saw some of that at Oklahoma, but just a natural feel in the pocket. He has poise about him. A lot of young quarterbacks don't get through progressions. I saw a few times, if you check my Twitter account, the video I post on Baker Mayfield, he gets through his progressions. A lot of times as young quarterbacks, and I've been there, I started 11 games as a rookie, it's hard to stand in that pocket as you feel it collapsing within you and get through that to first, the second, the third progression and make a play. And he did that on his touchdown pass. So that that's what I was impressed of him. Another thing about Mayfield, you know, he didn't clock in super fast at the combine with his 40, but he's a gamer and he has enough speed. So a couple big, you know, the one touchdown drive uh, to in in Joku in the back of the end zone. <clears throat> On that drive, he completed a huge third down and 18 to keep the chains moving. Then later on in the drive, it was like a third and six, and he scrambles out and he runs for the first down. And then they go for it on a fourth and two, and once again, he runs for a first down again. Those are back-breaking plays to defense when now you have to not only uh, protect the passing game, but try to stop the quarterback from running. Those those will just take suck the life right out of a, a defense. And I think Mayfield did a great job with that the other night. I mean, he just... He took control of the game. He was making smart decisions, looked comfortable in the pocket, was accurate with the football. Um, you know, and, and when I talk about a few decisions I was unsure of, I, I just remember there was one play, you know, because I was in Todd Haley's offense. It was like, I think, a trips left, and they called a, a screen to the left. So the running back, Baker Mayfield's in the shotgun. He has trips left to his left. The X wide receiver is to his right, the single receiver. The running back is standing to the to the right hip of Baker Mayfield, and at the snap of the ball, the running back slowly leaks off to the left for a screen. And the center, left guard, left tackle <clears throat> um, get out as well. And Baker Mayfield, on that play, you have the option to take your X receiver on what's called a, a 10 to 12-yard speed out. And if you have that one-on-one matchup, you could take that all day if you want to. But it's almost, we call it a gimme. You have to complete the pass. That's If you're going to throw it to the X receiver on a screen pass, you have to basically be telling yourself, I'm going to pl- complete this 10 out of 10 times. Well, and if you're unsure about that, you just work the screen. You just glance to the right, that drift a little bit, and, and lay your screen to the running back to the left. So any doubt in your mind at all, just work the screen pass. Well, Baker just held on the square out a little bit too long. So then when he came back to his screen, it was just too late. Because let me remind you, that center and guard, they're releasing. you know, So they're going to set 1-1000, 2-1000, boom, and let their guys go and release out into the screen to get in front of the running back. And Baker Mayfield thought about throwing his X on the square out. He didn't pull the trigger, and then when he comes back to the running back, just a tad too late, and he takes a sack. You can't take a sack on on a screen, and that's probably the number one rule when you call a screen pass. The offense coordinator has to trust the quarterback that he's not going to take a sack. 
But for the most part, I thought I thought Mayfield showed a lot of poise in the game. I was really impressed with his uh, pocket <clears throat> pocket awareness. Um, you know, it, it was it was it was good stuff to see. You know, I think they should be positive with that. Um, she threw good back shoulder fade one time. You know, and and throwing a, a back shoulder fade. As a quarterback, you know, you're thinking you always want your receivers to run, 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 run. I'll throw you downfield. I'll throw you downfield. Well, if you recognize that the cornerback, the defensive back is on top of your receiver, that's when you just throw right to the back of your wide receiver's head. And he did a good job of that a a couple times, but he completed one that was really nice. And, And I talked about his pocket presence. The third down and 18, he really pushed up well in the pocket and threw a big 18 to 20 yard in route. That's the one I talked about. That's, that's on my Twitter. Um, you know, he missed a comeback. Those things are timing routes that, that more practice is going to take. And, um, man, I like this Antonio Callaway. Hopefully the kid can stay out of trouble, but when he caught that slant from Mayfield and took it the distance, that was an impressive play, but he made a few nice plays in that game, but Antonio Callaway, just if he could stay out of trouble, this dude has got some uh, some talent. Um, you know, and, and I guess lastly, I, I saw a few double clutches by Mayfield. You know, sometimes that's just timing, get, getting used to the receivers you're with and so forth. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, Tyra Taylor, we talked about he, he was solid. He was solid. I, I just thought, he played well, and that's what the Browns need. And um, I think it's encouraging for you Browns fans out there. I think it was encouraging. And I guess I'll stick. I'll go. I'll just go down the list of when these guys got drafted. So I'm going to go to Darnold next. <clears throat> Darnold and Mayfield, they were the two guys that impressed me the most. So Sam Darnold, I, I was able to watch his game as well. I think, you know, I I like this kid. I really liked him coming out in the draft, so I was a fan of him, you know, already. But I think he um he showed it the other night too. He's he has the poise like Mayfield does. He's a winner, he's tough, show good presence in the pocket. He's a guy that can escape the pocket and make plays outside the pocket. And he demonstrated that the other night. He went thirteen of eighteen for ninety six yards in a touchdown, uh seventy two percent passer. The one, <clears throat> the one drive that really stuck out to me with Darnold was um, they're in the red zone, they're they're driving and um, they're, they're in a tight red, <clears throat> so they're really close to the goal line, probably on the five yard line maybe it was, and they call a little rub play. It was man to man, empty backfield set, a rub play to the right side, so it was inside slot receiver and the outside receiver ba- basically. Uh, crisscross do low mesh the inside receiver runs a flat route the outside receiver basically runs a slant and threw it on the money wide receiver dropped it then the two plays later he throws a fade comeback to charles johnson the same wide receiver and he caught it but he got called for a push off offensive pass interference and then next uh you know they move him back so now it's third and goal from the 14 yard line and this is I mean, realistic, realistically, you know, you're lucky. Yeah, you know, this might be like a three out of ten chance that you're going to actually score a touchdown in this position. And 
the Jets lined up. I think it was like a trips left, two jet all go special X whip. And, you know, what that is is uh, you have trips left, you have three receivers to the left, your tight end and two receivers, your X receivers on the right. And basically the three receivers on the left are running go routes downfield. Your tight end, he's going to run like across the field a little bit. And your X receiver is going to run up to about 18 to 20 yards, act like he's going inside and whip back out to the uh, corner of the end zone, the front pylon. And Darnold actually bought some time, pushed up in the pocket, scrambled out to his right, and threw a great football to Charles Johnson. And, you know, on a third and 14, third and goal from the 14, to score a touchdown there, it just showed his resilience. And I think that's what the NFL is about. It's not going to be easy. You're going to face a lot of ups and downs throughout a football game. And it's how you handle that. And I think Darnold handled it awesome. And that's why I just – when you see that from a young quarterback, it's really hard. I mean, I, I remember being in meetings with Jay Gruden when he was offense coordinator in Cincinnati, and Andy Dalton was the starter. We played the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, and we went back. We lost to Green Bay that week, but Aaron Rodgers shredded us like he does every week. But instead of watching our film right away, we put on Aaron Rodgers, and Jay Gruden said, I just want to sit back. I want to sit back and watch what Aaron Rodgers does. You know, because we talk about, oh, this guy's magnificent. Let's see what kind of plays they're calling. How is he making all these plays? Well, we put the film on it, and Aaron Rodgers is just, he's making plays. The plays aren't necessarily called the best, but he's just either extending plays or throwing back shoulder, you know, fades or just being super accurate, throwing guys open. And he was making those type of plays. Well, when I see a Sam Darnold, that's what I think of, of, of a guy making plays, like a, a Big Ben in Pittsburgh, just being able to extend plays a little bit and keep it alive. Because on a third and 14, there's no play call that's really going to get you the first down. So it's just a guy making a play. And that's what Darnold did in this football game. And I was just really impressed with, when I was watching him, he looked very comfortable. One one play that stood out for me, and I, I, sh- I showed this on my Twitter as well, is <clears throat> it's a trips right formation. So the Jets line up in a trips right. I think it was a third and seven. And <clears throat> Atlanta Falcons have what looks to be a double A-gap blitz. So they have their four defensive linemen and, and two guys up in the A-gap. Well, the Jets call trips right 52 wide drive halfback rail. I know this sounds like Spanish to you guys, but what it is is it's a five-man protection. So the Jets only have five guys protecting. Atlanta looks like there's six guys up up in the box blitzing. You guys are smart. Do the math. It doesn't take a, you know, a genius to figure this out. If we only have five guys blocking and they have six that come, there's going to be one guy left free. So Darnold realizes that, and you know because if he doesn't realize it, he's – you know gonna have his jaw wired shut because he doesn't see the pressure and he's gonna get hit right in the mouth but he recognizes that which was very impressive he goes to throw to his halfback coming out of the backfield and the halfback doesn't get his head around because he's hot so I don't think he realized it well Darnold didn't lose his shit he just stepped up on the pocket a little bit more slid to his right and found his Y on a shallow cross the drive route 
for the first down. And you could see Josh McCown jumping off the sideline, very fired up for the young rook because that's a huge play. It takes guys a long time to understand how they're protected. I remember being in Tampa Bay with John Gruden and uh, he would bring in Rich Gannon to talk to us. And Rich Gannon said that there were so many things going through his mind as he was walking to the line of scrimmage. Not not even the play that was called, but what play was he going to get to or what was his receivers going to do if they got this coverage or that coverage or what blitz was he looking for. So there's so many things going through a quarterback's mind once you learn the offense. When you know what you're supposed to do, you're not even thinking about the play that's called. You're thinking you're really thinking ahead. And that's what was so impressive with Darnold is he saw how he was protected. He knew how he was protected. He knew he was hot. And he reacted accordingly. And those third down conversions are key because that's what keeps drives alive. And honestly, that's what you know keeps these quarterbacks on the field to be able to make more and more plays. So I was very impressed with that play by Sam Darnold. Um, there was one later on <clears throat> in the game. Sam Darnold's in and he has a trips formation to his right. Single receiver to his left. It's a single high safety and it's man to man. And it's first down and 10, and he's in the red zone. I think he was on the 15 or 20-yard line. <clears throat> and the the play, the concept, it's trips right. They have a Z running an under route. So he's Z's split all the way out to the right. <clears throat> Goes up five yards, just runs an under route. But your X receiver, that's a single receiver on your left, he's matched up one-on-one, and he has a fade route. Well, it's single high safety, man-to-man, First down and 10. This is when young guys, I mean, you don't even have to be young guys. Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger, Troy, Troy Aikman when he played. When you see that, you're salivating. You're going to throw that fade ball for a touchdown. And that was just one thing Darnold missed that he just stayed with his progression. Now, he got a completion on the play. And anytime as a young quarterback and any quarterback, you celebrate completions, man. You just you want to get a completion. It's hard enough. And um, but I just think the next step he makes, he has to, um, you know, see those matchups, see those matchups, because um, that's when you can throw those touchdown passes. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what the Jets do. I was impressed with Teddy Bridgewater, the way he played. But what's the Jets long term future? I mean, they drafted Sam Darnold with their number one pick. So eventually, I mean, do you let Teddy play for a while? I know Josh McCown's getting older. I mean, he is old, but the dude is a super pro. He's awesome. <clears throat> and this is great for Sam Darnold to learn from him. You know, but Teddy Bridgewater's been playing well, so do they trade him or not? You know, that's just hard. And and I went into the preseason game with the Jets wondering. I wanted to see what Teddy Bridgewater would do, and honestly, he impressed me. He looks solid. But I also think for the young guy and the promise that Sam Darnold shows – yeah, I'd go with the young rook and, and let him battle through the ups and downs and continue to learn and grow uh, because he will win some games, just the competitor that he is. And looking at their schedule, I mean, they play Washington in their uh, next preseason game. But they start out the season at Detroit versus Miami at Cleveland. So those first three games shouldn't be too bad. But then they go you know, at Jacksonville. It's a good defense. They got the Broncos uh, pretty tough. D. Um, so, you know, we'll see how they start out and, and, and what route they go, and we'll continue to keep an eye on that. 
Next, 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 I'm going to talk about Josh Allen. <clears throat> Josh Allen, 9 of 19, 116 yards, one touchdown, 47% passer. You know, I'm not I'm not surprised at this. Josh Allen was a 50% passer in college, and I know my man Chris Sims loves Josh Allen. You know, I think the guy's got the physical talent, throws a great football. There was a couple balls in that game where you're like, ooh, because it looks so pretty coming off his hands and went probably 70 yards downfield, but what was it? It was incomplete. So it's one of those plays everyone's like, ah, Oh, and those are the plays that they look pretty, but when they end in an incompletion, it doesn't really matter. Um, Now, the other thing with Josh Allen, though, man, the dude, he made some plays. I mean, he's a big physical guy, so he's hard to tackle within the pocket, and he escaped a few times really nice, kept his eyes downfield, and tried making some plays. That's what Josh Allen brings. I mean, he he ran for a few first downs. The thing I was worried about as I was watching him is is his eyes focused too much on his uh, on the rush. Sometimes as a quarterback, you could get, get get engaged with the rush instead of looking downfield at your receivers and, and your read and what you're supposed to be looking at, and you're supposed to just feel the rush and react accordingly. Sometimes I think he was kind of looking at the rush. <clears throat> And he's got to keep his eyes downfield. And I think he has a lot of talent, Josh Allen. He has a ton of upside. But it still wasn't consistent for me. And look, I don't. I mean, this was the first preseason game. I'm not, I don't want to be too critical of these guys. And I'm not, you know, I was there before. I mean, I did throw two touchdowns in my first preseason game and balled out. But that was in John Gruden's offense. And I had some good players around me. I did bust up my chin. So my first preseason game. We're playing the Jets. First drive, we're driving right down the field in hot Tampa Bay with a pirate ship. We were going in the end zone with a pirate ship. And John Gruden calls a play. It was like a shallow cross. You know, why shallow cross? And we have a post on the play behind the why. And we never, I mean, we don't even talk about reading that post because it's not in our progression. But I, I lined up and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this post is wide open. I, you know, it was almost, it was a cover zero blitz. The safety ends up blitzing off the left side. My post is on the left side. I take a five-step drop. I throw the post. I said, F it. I threw that post. I got blasted right in the chin. And, but he caught it. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. So I'm all fired up. My first touchdown pass in the preseason as a rookie. I come to the sideline, everyone's high-fiving, Joey Galloway, Mike Allsott, Derek Brooks just giving me some love. It was one of the best feelings ever, probably one of the the proudest moments I've I've had to in my career, you know, because it was when you first get in the league and you're just trying to make the team, and I felt some success there, and it was really cool. Uh, so I go sit on the bench, <clears throat> and guys are still coming up to me left and right, and then uh, the trainer comes up, he's like, you all right? I'm like, yeah, man, why? What's what's wrong? And I take my helmet off, and there's blood all in my chin strap. I had to get about 10 stitches after the game, but it's a scar I have to this day that I always remember is my first touchdown pass in the preseason. Uh, that was really cool, And um, but just a quick story. But I just think of Josh Allen, and Josh Allen made some of those plays in this game where he just reacted and made plays. I mean, his touchdown pass, watch it, he slung it and split 
uh, two defenders, just rifled a bullet in between two defenders. His receiver went down, made a great catch. But I felt like those were more of his plays he was making. There wasn't much that was in time and rhythm and, and consistent because the other quarterbacks um, for the Bills that played, they did. They were playing in timing and rhythm. They were consi- very consistent. I mean, Peterman was 9 of 10 for 119 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception came on a check down. He threw just on the right shoulder pad, a little bit behind his running back, and it bounced off his shoulder pad, and it was a tip pick. So it, was a bad, it wasn't a bad decision, if anything, for Peterman. I would just remind him, remember when you check down to the back, take a little bit off that ball. You can't zip it to him. Make sure they see see you, and um, you have to be accurate with that. But I thought Peterman looked solid, man. I think, honestly, he probably played the best. I thought McCarron looked sharp, too. He was 7-10 for 116 yards. Uh, McCarron had you know really nice conversions on third downs. He threw this big in as he was stepping up in the pocket. So, those two looked like veterans as they were playing Josh Allen. I mean, the physical tools, Josh Allen just stands out and blows them away. But <clears throat> I'd like to see a little more consistency. But that comes with playing in the preseason, and he'll continue to get better. But, man, his upside, he has a lot, and it was fun to watch. <clears throat> Josh Rosen. So Josh Rosen, I actually just got done watching Josh Rosen. He was uh, 6 of 13, 41 yards, 46%. You know, Rosen, Rosen to me, I wasn't super high on Rosen coming out. I knew he was the most ready to play right now. But I wasn't too crazy about maybe his personality a little bit and how it clashed with coaches and, um, you know, his work ethic. But I actually think the guy went to a great situation for himself because Mike McCoy, offense coordinator for the Cardinals, and Byron Leftwich, quarterback coach, they'll do a great job with him. And I'm actually calling it now that Josh Rosen is going to be Rookie of the Year. Call me crazy, but you see flashes of it. He looks solid. Um, <clears throat> he didn't play the greatest, but you know I think there were some good things he did. Uh, he had a real nice little nifty move in the pocket, a little sweet feet sliding to his right, buying time to throw the big in and. A lot of big ends thrown, and when I say big end, it's an 18 to 20 yard in route. So receiver runs 18 yards downfield. He rolls it in, and he gradually probably gets to 20 yards. Comes in, catches the ball for the first down, and um, you know he looked good. I think Rosen sometimes, just like I was talking about with Darnold, recognize your matchups. The safeties sometimes you're gonna have two high safeties. They're gonna be standing back there, but right at the snap of the ball, we call it rocking and rolling. One safety is going to come down. The other is going to go to the middle of the field. So it looks like a two-high safety look, but it ends up being a one-high, and it's man-to-man outside. Sometimes when you get a blitz with that, if you see the the, uh, rocking and rolling of the safeties, just know you have man-to-man outside. Sometimes throw those go balls. Give your receivers a chance. Instead of going through your progression, because sometimes you're not you're not going to have a lot of time in the preseason with some of these young offensive linemen or these blitzes that they you know the defenses try to throw at you. So I would take shots downfield. I think Rosen threw a beautiful back shoulder ball when he did take a shot downfield. It actually ended up being uh, it called they called it a completion. It got rolled 
incomplete after the review. But um, <clears throat> I think it would have been a very tough catch for the receiver, but he had a chance to possibly try to get his other foot down. But those are the type of balls Rosen is capable of throwing. Beautiful back shoulder ball on a tight rope spiral. He put it right where it was supposed to be. We talked about earlier because the defensive back was on top of the receiver, so he threw it to his back shoulder. That was beautiful to see. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, Sam Bradf Bradford, Bradford can stay healthy. You know what? I coach this young receiver here in Toledo, Ohio, and his name's Bradfield. Bradford and Bradfield. So I keep getting them, them confused because I see him more often than I see Sam Bradford. Lamar Jackson, <clears throat> Lamar Jackson's a, I mean, he's fun to watch. 7 to 18, 119 yards, 38% passer. <clears throat> I don't expect Lamar Jackson to be a 60% passer. He's going to be in your 45 to 50 range um, because he's just, he's not super accurate with it. And as the windows get tighter in the NFL and you're playing with better defensive backs and defenses and, um, it's going to be tight, tighter. The thing with Lamar is he recognizes that he can't just run away from everyone. There's a few uh, zone reads he had where he kept it. I mean, he had a defense end or linebacker chasing him to the to the sideline, and they both ran out of bounds uh, with one you know gain of one. So he's starting to realize he can't just run away from everyone. But if he picks his moments to run at the right time, like on a third down and it's two-man and everyone's playing man-to-man -man with two high safeties. You know, if he picks those times, he'll shred defenses. Just like Marty Morningwig, offense coordinator for the Ravens, they're in the red zone. They're on about the 10-yard line or 15-yard line, and he spreads the offense out, spreads the defense out. It's a no-back offense, so everyone's spread out. <clears throat> Make the defense cover the field. And that's what they did because now it opens those lanes for Lamar Jackson now to run. And he did run. Beautiful move. And once he gets an open field, that guy's going to be hard to touch. But, um, you know, really, he's not going to continue just running away from people. And I also watched and noticed they were doing a lot of RPOs, run pass options. So Lamar Jackson has the opportunity to hand it off. Or pass it, depending on, depending on what the de look the defense gives you. And a few times, I think he predetermined that. A lot of the RPOs are you got to react at the snap of the football. And a few times he got lucky. He snuck a slant in there, and another time it just hit off a defender's helmet. So those, those are tough plays sometimes to, to operate and execute because you have to actually read it after the snap because you can't guess – because that's when it gets tricky because the offensive line on an RPO, the run pass options, they're actually blocking for the run. So you don't have much time to hold on to the football. You have to get out of your hand. <clears throat> My last guy, Mason Rudolph, you know, and I, and I studied all these guys, Landry Jones, Joshua Dobbs, and Mason Rudolph, because they're in a three-way battle for the backup position to Big Ben. Of course, Big Ben didn't get any snaps in the, in the preseason game. He worked out before the game, which, you know, you don't need to see Ben, uh, you know, this early in the preseason. You know, he is an old guy. Dropped a lot of weight. He looks good. But save Ben for when you need him. <clears throat> I think, 
you know, Landry Jones did did well. Four four eighty three yards and a touchdown. Did a great job using the hard count to get the Eagles to jump off size and laid one downfield. You see Ben doing that a lot. He took advantage of that. And for Landry Jones, I call that an and one. When we call it an and one, it means not only did you beat got the defense to jump off size, but you also threw a touchdown pass. So mentally you outsmarted the defense by using a hard count, get them jump off sides, and take advantage of that free play through downfield. So that in the classroom, in the meeting room, that's sweet for Landry. I mean, that's an AM one. That's a that's a veteran move. The thing with Landry though is to to try to eliminate sacks for some reason, whether whose fault it is or not, you have to try to eliminate sacks. He got a cover zero blitz one time where everyone blitz. He had the protection to handle it, but that's a lot of one-on-one matchups to try to count on your guys to hold up to. So he, you know, they ran stutter goes outside. But you know, in my mind, if I, if I'm coaching him, I'm going to say, hey, is there something you can hand signal to the receiver? Maybe a hitch or a slant, or just a now a one-step hitch that get the ball out of your hand now and not even take the chance for all those one-on-one blocks to protect you <clears throat> because for Landry, I think he's got to look at and to see how he can just eliminate taking sacks because you see Joshua Dobbs, nine of 13, 91 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, the interception was just an amazing play, honestly, um, just a heck of a play by the defensive back. So, you know, you're going to have some of those, but Dobbs also brings some athleticism to the table. Um, you know, Mason Rudolph's not going anywhere. I mean, they just draft him in the third round. So are they going to keep two guys that are very similar in Rudolph and, and Landry Jones? Or do you spice it up, switch it up a little bit, and you have a guy like Josh Dobbs that's more, you know, a little more athletic? They just drafted him last year in the fourth round, so are they going to really cut him after, you know, just being with him for a year? Or do they give him an opportunity to stick around? Because Landry Jones is a free agent after this year. So for me, it's like, do you cut Dobbs and you keep Rudolph and Jones, but yet next year you're going to be in this situation once again, um, <clears throat> you know, looking for that third string quarterback because Jones is a free agent and they didn't re- they haven't re-signed him yet, and and Dobbs uh, they released him to keep Rudolph and Jones this year. So we'll see how that unfolds. I mean, Mason Rudolph, he was seven to twelve hundred one yards. No touchdowns, no interceptions. I thought he played solid. I thought what he did well, you could tell he likes to throw those 10 to 12-yard speed outs. He was very accurate with those and consistent and threw you know, some good zip on the ball and very accurate. You want to always leave those footballs to, to the sideline, two yards from the sideline, so only your offensive player can get it. I saw a couple plays with Rudolph in. There was uh, miscommunications on routes. The receivers ran wrong, wrong routes or maybe added too much to a skinny post right, right in the red zone. He tried throwing a touchdown, and I thought uh, Mason Rudolph's footwork was off because he was in the shotgun. He took three steps and a hitch to throw a, a seven-step skinny post, we call it. It's a timing route. Well, then I watched the receiver's route, and at the top of his route, he gave him a little A-B shake at the top, and that just throws it off just a tad. That's why Rudolph was a tad late and missed him right out front because it was, you know, just not timed up properly. 
And then another time I, I saw, you know, two receivers run the same route, so it was just cloudy and bunched up. So sometimes when you're playing with the third string guys, that's going to happen. But I think Mason Rudolph's ha had a good camp so far. He continues to improve and get better. Um, the guy has been very impressive in college. He's a winner, threw for a ton of yards, played in a lot of games, so he has the experience. Uh, but <clears throat> I think that match, that that whole situation in Pittsburgh would be very interesting to keep an eye on. I know in the years past, they've gone with four quarterbacks. They had Ben, Charlie Batch, Byron Leftwich, Dennis Dixon. So it's I wouldn't say the Steelers are going to keep four, but who knows how it shapes out because injuries happen, things things unwind a certain way. You know, maybe around the league injuries happen. So now someone's looking for a better a better and a veteran backup. So say they try to come get Landry Jones or something like that, but we'll keep an eye on that as that unfolds. And um, a lot of other good play around the league. I mean, we, we saw Kirk cousins started on fire. You know, the guy gets the, the guaranteed contract. Everyone's, you know, saying Minnesota, even me, I was saying Minnesota, they have to win the Super Bowl this year, at least get to the Super Bowl because they have to do better than they did last year. Um, with the big acquisition in Kirk Cousins. But I think it was a good start for him to really start out on the right foot. Um, <clears throat> you know, very solid game. Him starting out, going right downfield, four, four for four, um, 42 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, Trevor Simeon came over from the Broncos, 11-17, 165 yards, two touchdowns, interception. He's a solid player. Um, but we'll keep an eye on this stuff around the league. Our man Logan Woodside didn't get any burn in Cincinnati. He was battling a little elbow, I think tendonitis. So we'll see how that shapes up for him. And I'll keep you guys posted around the league. Continue to watch these rookie quarterbacks. And, and once the season starts, I will do this for, for the top quarterbacks. I'll break them down every week and give cut-ups on my Twitter and Instagram of those plays. And just keep a look out this week. I'll continue to post videos of the quarterbacks in their first preseason game and some good plays, not so good plays. Um, but I appreciate you guys tuning in. Like always, it's always fun, especially now this time of year, that the preseason is back. Football is back. It's just fun to be able to watch some football. And I know everyone's excited to get ready for their uh, fantasy drafts and get their teams you know, all set. I've never actually played in fantasy, so... Hit me up on Twitter. Maybe I'll join your team or at least give you some feedback and help. But once again, thanks for tuning in to Grad School, the Bruce Gradkowski podcast. And you guys have a good week.